Hey gang, Melissa Hanalt here with the Burnout to All Out podcast. I'm a mom of three corporate burnout that built a secondary six-figure income around my nine-to-five with little kids. This set me free and allowed me to fire my boss and pursue my wildest dreams. It took grit, persistence, and belief. But now, operating multiple six-figure businesses as an online entrepreneur and business coach, I have become a serial entrepreneur with a passion to inspire more burnouts to take the leap and go all out and live out their dreams. Each week, I'll bring you inspiring all-out guests, lifestyle business tips and tools to empower you to take the leap from burnout employee to all-out entrepreneur, making your passion your paycheck. If this mom of three corporate burnout can go all out, so can you. So this interview is a very special interview. Kaylin is my advisor in the Unstoppable Entrepreneurs Mastermind that I'm in. And over the next couple of podcasts, I'm actually going to be doing kind of a series of highlights and discussions around board of advisors and why it's so important to have board of advisors who are experts in their field to consult with, to raise your knowledge base and your performance. And Kaylin is absolutely one of those incredible humans. You're going to want to get pen and paper. Number one, to be inspired by her and her incredible story of persevering, but also her tips and tricks on how to show up on camera. See, Kaylin was actually an actress for 15 years with many accolades and awards prior to diving into a startup in New York City. You're going to have to hear the story yourself and how she was able to help this company grow across the country to some of the biggest brands out there in the beauty industry and how she was able to really leverage and flex her sales background, her sales mentality, and her ability to be on screen and convert sales. Now, today operating in a eight-figure business with Kelly Roche, who is, again, leads the mastermind I am a part of. She is my accountability advisor. She leads and coaches and advises dozens upon dozens of entrepreneurs who are scaling to six, seven, and eight figures in their online businesses. She has especially helped me since October of last year scale my business from six to multiple six figures within a month's launch time. And so this is where, you know, I think this is a great example of seeking out expertise. You know, you're going to hear Kaylin's story and there's so much value that she brings. Although she hasn't necessarily launched her own particular business online, she is an absolute expert when it comes to sales and converting on camera, which is what online entrepreneurs need help with, right? And so having her as a board of advisors on my team of advisors has been priceless in her helping me convert sales and grow my business through leveraging her expertise and her coaching and mentoring so many other online entrepreneurs. So I hope you guys really enjoy her interview, her story, and her tips and tricks on how to show up on screen. Hey guys, here we are. I'm so excited for this interview today for my Burnout to All Out podcast. We've got Kaylin, who happens to be my advisor inside of my mastermind, Unstoppable Entrepreneurs. So Kaylin, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. This is such a treat. It's been, I've been looking forward to this all day. Oh, I've been looking forward to it too. I I selfishly am excited to really unpack your story. You have such an inspirational story. But before we get into it, as people are jumping on and as people are listening in who maybe don't know that as much about you, I want to give everybody a little bit of a background about who you are and just how amazing you are. So first and foremost, like I said, Kaylin and I actually connected through the business mastermind that I'm in right now, where she has advised me and taught me on how to take my idea and monetize it to the the academy that is the is like was bird that last fall and has been incredible. So those of you inside the Academy that are watching this live, you guys should give Kaylin a huge thank you and a kiss and a hug virtually because she has helped 
She's helped make this thing happen. So Kaylin, so let me give you guys a quick background around Kaylin. So Kaylin, she actually has helped countless clients, not just me, really create six-figure businesses, multiple six-figure businesses, six-figure months through the Unstoppable Entrepreneurs. But she's also the co-director of the Unstoppable Influencer Program and the leader in the accountability division. Her background, I want to unpack your background a little bit. You you were in sales and performing arts and you you were a perfect advisor to teach your clients on camera confidence. And we're going to get into that this afternoon, given your background and selling. So, you know, I think a lot of folks think even in the industry I'm in that they're not selling. They're just you know, sharing. And I'm like, you're kidding yourself. If you don't think you're selling, you're selling every single day without a shadow of a doubt. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit today. Definitely. (laughs) So Kaylin has a degree from the theater of the conservatory of performing arts at point park university. And she's performed professionally in theater, commercial and film for 15 years. I was looking at some of the companies that you've worked with in the past and it's absolutely incredible. I was looking after your professional career of performing, you went on to work with a startup company, which we're going to, we're going to talk a lot about today. And you worked with some really, really big names that I'm, I'm hoping we can, we can talk about today and then landed yourself with the unstoppable entrepreneurs where you are today. Right. So you guys have, you guys have an expert here in sales, but also on screen on camera here today, who's advised me to really take my idea and launch it to the business that it is today. So excited to just unpack your life and have you just share with everybody um, your knowledge about being on camera. So Kaylin, can you take us back all the way back to, because your story is pretty profound. You know, we like to start with kind of that burnout, that moment where you had to decide to bet on yourself and move forward. So can you take us back to the life of Kaylin before discovering the startup company that you originally went to in New York and kind of where you were in life when you had to make some tough decisions? Yeah. Well, let's bring it back for sure. (laughs) So I, like you said, started my career in theater and performing. And so I did that for years and years and years. And I also taught theater to kids and I worked at a charter school and my whole entire life was being on stage and being on camera and being out there in the market, essentially, like what you guys are doing, basically, and auditioning for people, putting myself out there, and hoping someone would pick me to be featured on stage or on camera. So it was like basically doing sales, but selling myself, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I did. And it was, you know, I learned so much from it. I love being an actor and the creative process behind that. I think that really helped me in my sales career too, because it's a lot of psychology and about putting yourself in other people's shoes and studying people essentially, and knowing how to interact with people in different situations and match their energy. And there's so much behind that. But yeah, so I did that for a really long time. You know, personally, I had my daughter and I was in a relationship that we split up and it was very heartbreaking. And I always wanted to move to New York. And at the time I was living in Delaware, I was doing theater. I was doing professional stage work at the time. And my daughter was only six months old when my you know ex and I split up. And so it was a really bad time for me emotionally and just being surrounded by people where I feel like weren't really getting me to the next level and what I really wanted to do. And at that time, I really didn't have a plan of what I wanted to do. I just always knew that I wanted to move to New York. And I thought, okay, I'll go, I'll do acting, I'll audition, I'll see what happens. And I literally had zero plan. And I had a six-month-old child. I was a single mom. I had no money at the time because I was an actor. So I was working on stage and I was living just off of that wage. And it was not a lot. (laughs) So I really just wanted to take myself out of my current circumstances and push myself because... I didn't want to stay in that environment, like I said, and I knew that I was meant for more, but I wasn't quite sure what that would look like. So I wasn't really afraid of taking that leap. I just put myself in the position of I'm going to do it. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I know I feel this force pulling me to take the action. So I literally took my tax return that I got that year and I decided to get an apartment in New York City. And I looked on Craigslist and I found an apartment in Queens. It was a studio apartment. And I just, you know, took everything <laughs> into one room, literally like my daughter's crib myself. And my mom helped me move in and she was crying. She's like, why are you doing this? What are you doing? You don't even have a plan. Like, what is happening? And I'm like, 
I'm making this happen. I'm going to be successful. I know I'll figure it out. Like, I just have to do this for myself. I have to be on my own without any distraction. And just, I have to put like the fire under my butt to make something happen. So that's so incredible. So two things I want to talk about. And one is that, you know, this is that whole mindset that sometimes you have to burn the bridge behind you so that there are no other options. Right. So like I, so you really had the wherewithal and the the mindset and the tenacity that like I'm picking up and I'm moving because I've got to burn this bridge behind me to propel myself forward, which is just a lot of people would not be willing to take that risk, even though it was a calculated, a very, very smart and calculated risk that took you in the right direction. But can you talk a little bit about like that decision? I mean, it sounds like your, your mom thought you were crazy. You obviously also recognize that your surroundings, this is something that another coach and I were talking about the other day, David Wood, for people who are listening in, talked about how many times like you, you are who you surround yourself with, right? And, and knowing that you have to remove yourself sometimes can be difficult. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, the, yeah. the challenge of just completely, you know, having that mindset, the whereabouts and, and translating yourself and what it took to do that. Yeah, for me, it was, I really knew that I hit a plateau in my career as an actor where I was. I was working at the same theaters. I was working with the same directors. I was getting a lot of opportunities handed to me, which was great, but I wasn't taking myself to the next step at all. I was just kind of staying complacent and stagnant. And I felt like I just needed to get myself out of that environment to take that step. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, everyone really pushed me on this move. Like my daughter's father was like not having it. He was very upset with me. And I just, you know, I I wanted to make the choice for her as well. So she could see me be an example for her. And so I didn't want her to see me stay around that environment where there was negative energy and affecting me. And I wanted her to see me being a happy mother and like just living my dream. I didn't want her to see me, you know, upset or, in negative spaces. So I just really took that leap because of her, really. It was like, you know, not just for me, it was also for how I want her to see me, you know, yeah. I don't want to be in that space. So yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. So it was really for her and her in the example. So I was reading your story earlier today and it, and you talked about how you basically had like a thousand bucks in your pocket and went looking for the next opportunity. So how did you land yourself in the right opportunity fairly quickly after, after getting there. Yeah. So I have a friend in New York that she would help me watch my daughter and I would go to her house and I would search for jobs. And when I was performing, I also was a makeup artist at the same time. Cause as an actor, you have to have like a million different jobs to support your, your lifestyle. And so I always was obsessed with the, the beauty industry. When I went to college for acting, we taught, uh, learned on camera uh, makeup and on stage makeup. And so I was like, maybe I can do something in the makeup industry. And she was a makeup artist. And so she knew of this new startup that emerged. There was only the founder and the builder of the app, it was an app. So the app's called Priv and it's a beauty and wellness on demand app. So you can have hair, makeup, nails delivered to your home. Oh wow! You know? Yeah. And it, it was founded in New York. And so she got a job as a freelance makeup artist there. And so she was telling me about it and I was like, this is really cool. Like, I feel like I could, you know, go do some jobs and it would be flexible and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I went in and I interviewed and it was literally the founder of the company and the VP of development at the time I interviewed. And I just said, do you guys need someone to work with you to to bring this to market? Like I have all this experience, you know, in my past and this and that. And I just said, I would love to be part of this. This is huge. Like I could see the potential there Mm. because on demand apps and all those things were like just like the hot stuff that was happening at that point. And it was like 2013. And so there was like Uber that was just being established and all of those apps. And I'm like, this is brilliant. Like, especially in New York city, because no one wants to commute to go to the hair salon. It just takes so much time or whatever. So I just asked like, do you guys need somebody? And they said, yeah, do you want to start Monday? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. So I just jumped in and I was so excited because I remember like, I had no money. It was at that point where like, I literally had nothing and they were like, okay, you can, you'll make $500 a week. And I was like jumping up and down. I was like, yes, I have enough money to like pay my rent or whatever. <laughs> crazy. I was like, I was thrilled though. Cause I just saw the potential there. There was like yeah. literally two people working there at the time. So I started like the next week and I was doing talent acquisition at first. So basically I was recruiting hairstylists, makeup artists, 
massage therapists. I would just scout for people online. I would look on social media. I would just basically sell them to work for the app because they would, we would take a commission of their work, but basically they have the availability to have, you know, all the clients that would download and have the exposure. And it's basically like an agency for, you know, beauty professionals. So, but I had to tell people on it because people were like, what the heck is this? I've never heard of this before. Like, so I'm literally like calling a hundred people a day, interviewing them, training them, you know, qualifying them to see if they were a good fit to work with us. I love that. So it was almost like from the get go in that, in that role, you had to educate the prospective client or business partner, I guess, or, or what would you call them? Yeah, they're just beauty and wellness professionals. Okay, beauty and wellness professionals. But you had to like, you had to sell them on the idea that it was something they even needed in the first place. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of them are already established makeup artists and hairstylists, and they're like, "Why do I need to work for you guys?" They didn't understand what the concept was. So basically, it was the ability for them to have access to thousands of new clients. You know, basically, it's, it's like an agency for people because their their profiles were there. People could see their ratings, their reviews, all the, all those things. So it was a great opportunity for them. But I had to really educate them on and basically sell them on it because we take a commission of their work as well. But at salons at the time they were making, you know, like 40% commission. And with our opportunity, it was like they made 80%. So it was, a, wow. yeah, it was definitely like a game changer for people that wanted to freelance and expand out. Into yeah. It. yeah. So, and so you hustled, you said like a hundred calls a day, right? Yeah. 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 So what I love already about this story is that like from the get go, like you, you knew your skill set and you knew what you could offer these people and you went for it. Somebody says in the chat box, like if you don't ask, you'll never know, right? Like you asked, you presented, you got the role and then you went to work, right? You went to work. So tell us a little bit more about the, the growth of that company and your professional growth and development there, because it's pretty, it's pretty insane. Yeah. So it was really interesting because I started with talent acquisition, but then I moved into more B2B sales and partnerships because the issue was we were going into people's homes. And so there was this trust factor that they didn't have. And so I just had this idea, why don't we just go into, you know, corporate companies or PR agencies that have our ideal client will do a a beauty and wellness day for them. They can sample the service, they can download the app, And then they can order the services to their home. So it was really like building their trust. Hmm. And it started off as like a marketing opportunity and a way to get in front of our ideal client. And then it turned into something that was actually B2B sales. So we would come in and we would do beauty and wellness days for the employees. They would, you know, get their nails done, their hair done, massage, you know, just to help with company culture and help retain employees. It's just a perk for employees. So it became this whole B2B sales structure. And so it really helped us bring in revenue quicker because, you know, with what we were doing, it wasn't a high ticket transaction. It was more, we made the commission, but with these opportunities, we were getting paid a lot more. And so I would like go door to door to hotels and I would pitch, you know, we'll have like a spa come to your hotel if if the hotel didn't have a spa. So we would target hotels. We would target, you know, we worked with Salesforce, which is huge, which is like full of our, at the time was our ideal clientele, professional women that didn't have time to go get their hair done because they're always working and they can't leave the office, you know, stay at home moms who they don't want to drag their kid to the salon that we, we would just get in front of those target audiences. And then it turned into this whole, you know, B2B sales structure. And then we ended up expanding to eight markets. And so every time we launched a new market, I was the person that would come in I would train the team, I would help hire all the professionals, and I would help create the strategic partnerships and kind of seeding those relationships within that city. So it was it was really cool. And I just moved up to director of business development within it was like I think two or three years. But yeah, absolutely incredible. So you ended up opening up different. So you guys went across, I mean, across the country? Did you go global or like how big did this get before? We actually launched in London because one of our investors was from London. And so they wanted to test the London market, but it didn't really work out there. So I did help launch that, but it's just a different, it's a different environment there as far as their culture and, you know, services and things like that. But it really hit it off in the major cities. So definitely New York, LA, Chicago. So we we definitely spanned like in the US to eight markets. Mm -hmm. But then the company ended up 
getting interest from NBC, which was crazy because we were doing hair and makeup for the Real Housewives. And so they started seeing this and they were telling NBC about it and they saw it as an opportunity to really use it for content, basically. I, I think when they invested in the company, they really didn't know what they were going to do with it. They're like, this sounds cool. Like, let's just throw some money at this thing, like whatever. And so it was interesting though, because the process, it was like courting them for like, you know, two years until the deal was finally done. But at that point, they kind of took over and they didn't really know what to do with the business, unfortunately, like I said. And so they they actually ended up backing out. It, was, it wasn't a full acquisition. It was like a 65% acquisition, but they ended up selling, giving the company back to the uh, founder. And then it still exists, it's, but it's really running with barely any employees. It's really kind of automated right now at this point. So at that point, I just... I wasn't smart enough to get like stock in the company. I didn't have the acumen that I do now, <laughs> but I was, I wish I did, you know what I mean? So now it's still going and it's still happening and it was an amazing opportunity, but I, I just hit a peak there and I yeah. did all I could do. So that's incredible. Look, I, we actually, I pay our hairstylist. He comes to our house about once every six weeks and I have him do everybody's hair, including mine, because yeah. I hate getting out. Like exactly. I would totally, if I could find someone that could come do my, my makeup during launches, like come do my makeup every day while I'm like, you know, taking calls or something, I would totally do it. Yeah. <laughs> we had clients that used us religiously because of that specific reason. They would be like on calls and they would get their hair done and makeup yeah. done. We worked with celebrity clients. We worked in the corporate space too. It was really, I mean, it's a, it's an amazing service. It's an amazing, it's definitely needed. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about sales, marketing, startups in general, technology, like building an app, like going to market and different yeah. markets was a lot. It was a, like a full on education. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it kind of like set you up for the next step, right? So let's talk about that. So you kind of like learned just about everything you learn with this startup. And mm-hmm. then you made another pivot. So what, so what happened next? Yeah. So I ended up leaving and then I really just did a lot of personal development. I really just was open to the universe to bring me the next opportunity. And so I started listening to Marianne Williamson. And I remember listening to her saying like, you know, just open it up and say, whatever is going to serve the greatest good is what I want to be brought to me. And so I did that. And like the next day (laughs) I saw a post on social media from Courtney Daniels, who is our VP of development. She hires all of our advisors and builds out the whole accountability division. I used to work with her actually 11 years ago in theater. The first lead I ever had, she was the choreographer, but now she is underneath our CEO and she builds out the whole division. So I actually knew her, which was so weird from my performing days. And so I saw the post and I commented on it because it said, you know, looking for someone who has a background in business development, who can coach people who are confident on camera who really want to bring ideas to life. I'm like, this is literally me. This is so weird. When I saw that post, I'm like, this is me. And so I commented and we had an interview and I was just like, is this like real? Cause it's literally exactly the position that I want. So I love helping people, you know, create ideas. I love obviously the on-camera piece from my years of acting experience and all my experience, basically building a business from the ground up is, which is what I did. And so, yeah, it was crazy. So cool. And it was such a good segue too, because now in your role, can you share with everybody a little bit about your role? So like, you know, I know from my perspective, you know, I came into Unstoppable Entrepreneurs and Kaylin was assigned my advisor and she from day one has helped me grow and scale my business. Can you talk a little bit about your experiences and how you've been able to leverage what you did in your previous life in your startup and how you kind of Sherpa and guide and advise all these entrepreneurs on how to launch their dream businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of what we teach is selling on camera that the live launch method is what we teach. So that's part of the strategy that we teach. We have a lot of strategies, but that's the one that people are attracted to us the most for. So it's going on camera, teaching, and then pivoting to an opportunity to work with you. Mm -hmm. And so All of that is dependent on your confidence on camera and how you can emotionally connect with your audience. Mm -hmm. And so as an actor, that's what you learn how to do. You learn how to connect with an audience emotionally. You learn how to 
get an inspirational feeling from people. And that's what you're doing when you're selling. It's a transfer of emotion and people buy based off of emotion. And so you have to be able to connect with your ideal client emotionally and understand their pain points, get in their shoes, get in their mindset, understanding their operating reality. That's all a part of selling. And if you don't understand that, you can't sell. And so being on camera is basically like being in the same room with your ideal client. And so when people see you on camera and their brain, they don't differentiate between being in the same room with you. And you want to be able to have that impact with your audience because it's going to really drive them to work with you. And so it's basically everything we teach about just showing up, serving, and selling is more really just serving at the end of the day. You're serving, you're creating a solution to a problem, and you're understanding how that you know ideal client you're understanding what they're going through, their pain points and how you will be the solution to that. So so good. And the thing is, you know, for my academy members who are listening in right now, the whole sales model and sales method is really not much different than what I coach to as far as personal branding within LinkedIn, right? You can kind of pivot this to looking for business partners, looking for people that you want to collaborate with on that business to business platform, LinkedIn. You know, I I love that you're saying this because I'm, I'm constantly coaching to creating no love and trust, creating that no love and trust on the platform. So the people trust you, they believe in you, they connect with you. And what's your value proposition, right? Like I like to use the word infusion selling a lot where it's you're infusing the sale by knowing their pain point and knowing that you have that solution for them and they're feeling like heard. And so I love that you speak to that and that, that, you know, you guys, I mean, obviously you guys are brilliant at it and you coach to it and we've followed your method. I know in our last launch, we, my academy members watching participated in that, that process of those days of really getting to know us, right. And converting them with that relationship to coming into the program. It's, it's incredible. So here's the thing. So your story is incredible. Your expertise on camera is, you know, unsurpassed. Could you maybe share with our listeners some wisdom, some pearls of how they can best show up on camera when it comes to being present, providing value and connecting with our audience? Yeah, definitely. hundred percent. So for me, when I started going on camera, I really thought about my personal brand and my personal mission statement, how I want my audience to feel when they watch me on camera, because however you feel is how your audience is going to feel. And so you want to create a vibe for the people that are watching you basically. And so it's, it's like you're creating a brand board. So when you go on camera, you want to make sure your background, your lighting, what you're wearing really matches your personal brand. And so you can have fun with it. You can create like a little brand board for what you want your on-camera presence to look like, the background, think of the colors that you want to incorporate, things like that. That was fun for me to kind of get started. And then you always want to think about when you're going on camera, you really want to get to the point in the first 10 seconds of what your hook is and what the point of them watching you is, because we have very short attention spans these days. (laughs) And for me, I know I'm like, you know, scrolling through. And if something doesn't catch my attention, I just keep going. Or if I'm watching someone and within the first 10 seconds, I don't understand what I'm going to get out of watching them. I just move on to the next thing because we always want to know, like, what's, what am I going to get from this? Like, what's the point? And so you want to make sure that you do that right away within the first 10 seconds. So it's, it's a hook. You're hooking their attention. You're bringing them in. And so if it's asking them a question, if it's just telling them, Hey, today we're going to learn five tips to show up on camera with confidence. That's it. Like, so you want them to know exactly what they're going to get from watching you and why you should be the person that is going to give them that information. So that's quick- so good. You're So you're making me feel good because I just made a post in the Academy the other day about making good videos. And I, I told them in the first 10 seconds, you need to tell them what you're about to tell them. Like you got to catch them up front before you start. So I'm glad I'm doing something right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, hey, you. Yeah, you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I wanted to interrupt for a quick second to fill you in on what's up in the LinkedIn Academy this month, along with all the modules and workshops that I've put together to condense the time it will take to help you 10x your business. I've recently had three incredible world-renowned guest speakers inside the Academy exclusively 
coaching students to level up in their mindset. What's happening is the students are not only creating the business they've always wanted, but they're having shifts in their mindset at the same time to live their best life possible. Head to my website, livethefreelife.co, and click the LinkedIn Method Academy to learn more. And you want to imagine that when you're on camera and you're speaking, that you're talking to one person versus you're talking to thousands of people. Because you want to be able to talk to that ideal client and you want to make people feel like you are talking directly to them. And if you can really transform one person, you can transform many people. If you think about an audience, they're made of like individual people. And so you really want to have that mindset going into it. And it also helps with you being afraid of going on camera. Because I know for me, you know, it was definitely different when I started showing up on camera as myself versus when I was playing a character, because I had a script, I knew what I was going to say. I wasn't being myself, which is really vulnerable to be yourself on camera. It's not always easy. And so, you know, you, you really want to just have this mindset of I'm talking to one person and that will just help ease the fear. Because I remember the first time I did a live, I pushed the live and I'm like, there's a thousand people in here listening to me. (laughs) And I was just like a little petrified. And so if we go at it with the mindset of I'm talking to my one ideal client, I'm speaking directly to them. They feel that connection. Like you can see in my eye contact, if I'm like thinking I'm talking to a lot of people and then I'm talking directly to you, the language you want to lean in, you want to really like engage with the camera It's the same as if you're in person and you're speaking to someone. If you're not looking at them directly, if you're not leaning in, if your body language is really giving this opposite of what you're doing, then people are going to disconnect from you. And so it's about like thinking about what those, you know, body language things are like leaning in, like the eye contact, all those things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. Yeah. I remember when we just did our launch in January when I went live on the first day, there was like 150 people in the live. And I was like, Oh, Oh my God, there's so many people, you know, it's like, so I love that. I love that piece of advice to just like, think of it as you're just talking to someone. And I think that's where you connect with people the most. Anyway, I talk about that a lot is just where people feel like you're speaking directly to them and no one else, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And even starting just asking them a question that you know is a pain point for them. Like for me, I would say, do you go to hit the press live button and you freeze and you feel like you don't know what you're going to say? And I would just talk about that. And then I would say, I'm Kayla and I'm going to talk about five ways to overcome that today. So really like hook them in with a question or something like that when you start to, that's that's a good tip. But yeah, think about just speaking to the one person. It will alleviate a lot of the kind of like fear around it. And you want to make sure that you're also just consistent with going live. That's going to help you overcome any fear because the more you do it, the better you get. It's like you kind of have to get over the perfectionism of it because a lot of times we feel like we, even though I talk about like making sure you look on brand and things like that, you don't want to overthink because then you're not going to take action. And so for me, the more I did it, the more comfortable I got and the more present I felt because at first it's like this, oh my gosh, there's a million people watching me. Mm -hmm. And the more you do it and the more you're present and the more you're just take time, you'll really just feel at ease and you'll start to see what your audience is commenting and you can respond and you just feel like there's just that nice energy. Yeah. Well, and I love what you said in the beginning about how transitioning from acting to being yourself on screen can be a little bit intimidating and vulnerable, you know, but I think that the vulnerability piece is what makes you connect and relate to people on the other side of the screen, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. We can perseverate and like spend days and weeks on like the perfect post. Um, and we can hide behind text, but it's much harder to hide behind a video, right? Exactly. Um, I love, I love what you say about that because I, I do think, I truly believe that videos help your audience really get to know you. I know by the time I get on the phone with some prospective business partners, they're like, I feel like I already know you because I just put myself out there. At some point, you just have to give up perfectionism because I think that when we're not perfect, we're more relatable anyway. Exactly. People don't love perfect people because they they want to see that they can relate to them in some way. And so you know, showing all the different sides of you, you know, just being really vulnerable, sharing your hero journey, basically what I talked about today, that's really vulnerable. It's not easy to talk about, but 
once I started doing that, talking about the fact that I was a single mom, so many people started reaching out to me because they felt the same way. Like they were in that same position. I had so many single moms reach out to me and say, Hey, you gave me so much inspiration to go ahead and like take the leap and build my business. And that's how you're going to attract your ideal client because you were probably in their shoes at some point in the journey. So if you don't show them that you're the person that has overcome those things, they don't know that. Yeah. I'm not going to trust you to think that, okay, this person was here and now they're here and they can help me to get the results that I want because they've experienced it themselves. They've gone through the pain. They've gone through the struggle. They're out on the other side. So it's very important to tie that in as you're doing your content. So people will identify with you. Like you said, yeah, yeah. makes total, total sense. And I, I couldn't agree more. The more vulnerable I got about being burned out of corporate and like crying myself to the airport, like, leaving my kids at home, the the more burnt out females who, you know, I was basically speaking to what they weren't willing to talk about online, but they related to, right? Okay. So this is so good. So I want to pivot for a minute. This is kind of off script, but it just dawned on me that there's a lot of parallels to what you do to drive sales for your business and what a lot of my clients do to drive recruitment. And that is just connecting and following up in the tenacity. And I know that you're in, you're in kind of a high-end sales role where, you know, the buy-in is, is pretty high and you've got, I'm sure, a running list of, you know, fence sitters, potential clients that you're having to follow up with. I will never forget sitting at an auto bell on the phone with you, like considering joining the unstoppable entrepreneurs myself, like wondering, is it worth the investment? I don't know. I just met this girl, right? So a lot of my students in the academy are are recruiting and looking for business partners. And so I know that you are one of the top people at UE when it comes to sales. I know that you crush sales every month, you lead in sales. And I want to ask selfishly for the, for my community, what is your follow-up method and how do you come back? I know you thought you were going to close and you don't hit the numbers that you were going to hit. So I guess this is a two-part question. Number one is kind of like, what's your follow-up process for people you haven't closed yet, because that's really applicable to my listeners. And number two, how do you how do you celebrate the big wins, but then also how do you recover from from the nose, right? So let's let's start with the the follow up method. Like, what is your follow up method when you're running through a, probably a list of hundreds of people that could be potential clients for you, just like students in my academy? What's your follow up process, and and how are you staying in touch with these people and? Walk us through that. Yeah, it's so specific. And people always ask me these questions. And it's so funny because I'm like, I need people ask me questions about prospective buyers. And they say, well, they told me they don't have money. Like, how can I overcome that? I'm like, okay, I need to know more information. So I think that the answer is that you really need to go line by line through your people and figure out where they are and where they need to be. Because people have different buying cycles depending on where they are. And so for us, a lot of the times, it's a couple different things. People are still early stage business owners. They don't have the money to invest. They're afraid. They don't have an investment mindset as far as coaching. And so it's really, that's a like a little bit longer of a sales cycle. So it's like making sure that I'm consistently providing value to them. I'm consistently driving them to something where they're seeing how valuable it is to get coaching from us, showing them social proof with clients that are working with us that have been in their same position. Mm-hmm. That's very key. Okay. And always just meeting them where they are because it is so different depending on what they're going through, where they are and like not only professionally, but also personally too, yeah. because people buy because they want to get away from pain. And so you have to understand what those buying triggers are for them. Like what are their goals and what does the money mean to them? That's really important that you have to find out what are their goals mean to them personally. And also what does it mean to the people that are surrounding them, their family? Like what is, what, what does the money represent? Is it more time with their family? So really uncovering what is that urgent need for them and then how you can position yourself as a solution. So it's definitely different for so many different people, but it's really like meeting them where they are and uncovering just what that urgent thing is for them and yeah. showing them like this, what is what could happen if that doesn't change and yeah. where the solution basically 
I love what you said here. I put, I wrote it down as people buy to get away from pain. And I think about that with my audience of like, when you're looking for business partners, people are looking for an additional income stream. They're looking for an opportunity. It's really working with them and helping them understand that this investment in time and money is helping alleviate your pain. But if you don't understand their pain point to begin with, you'll never sell them. Yeah. A lot of people are just like, well, I want to make like $100,000. And I'm like, okay, what does like $100,000 mean to you? What can you do with that $100,000? Is it, you know, more time to spend with your children? Is it just like what? Because it always is something other than money. You know, it's always the money represents something for them. So you got to find out like, what is their operating reality? That's why I love like the acting background, because I like go back into that. I'm like, okay, this is like, this person's whole like, you know, circumstances that they're going through. So it's asking those like right questions and figuring out. I think that's the key is like a lot of times in sales, I see people don't ask enough questions. They have no clue what the, like the hot buttons are with their potential, you know, people that are going to work with them. They, they just don't get it. And so they don't like, I'll be on calls with sometimes other people and help them close sales. And I'm like, okay, there were not enough questions <laughs> asked. I, I have to like really like dig that out of them. So it's really being able to, not be afraid to ask more questions and listen. I think a lot of times it's about listening too. So oh, good. Yes. And I constantly tell my students the same thing. I'll have them go back and watch the recordings. I'm like, if you, if you were doing all the talking during that role play, you lost, you didn't, you just threw up on them and didn't connect and didn't find the pain point to sell them. That's why you didn't lose them. <laughs> and a lot of times people put their, put their foot in their mouth because they'll even just start talking and they'll create an objection in the mind of the buyer that they didn't even <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Man. Like, hey, I've never seen where they're like already sold, but then that person just keeps talking and talking and then they talk themselves out of the cell because yep. they talk to yes. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh. So we teach the layer model. It's listen, acknowledge, explore, respond. So you always want to listen. You always want to acknowledge that you understand where they are and relate to them in some way explore, ask more questions and then respond. So it's like, that's what we teach when we're, we're doing sales. It's, it's called the layer model and it really works. It's just about asking more, listening more. But yeah, I mean, I think it's very specific to go back to the question. It's like, you want to go back through your person and just be very specific based on where they are. It's all about just continuing to nurture them, continuing to provide value. And some people are going to be a longer sale. Like that just, that's the way it is. But if you believe in that person and you really know that they're going to achieve success working with you, you don't want to give up on that person. I think that's the thing that you have to look at it as like, if your friend, if they wanted to do something and you know, you weren't supporting them and pushing them to do it, they would never do it. So you have to look at these people as like, if I'm not the one that's getting them over the line, nobody else is going to do it. So I have to be there for them and get them to make this choice because I know that it's going to change their life. And so a lot of the times there's no one in their like circle telling them those things. And like, you have to be that person. So you really have to believe in your results that you're giving. And you have to look at it as I'm not going to give up on this person, especially if it's someone you really want to work with. If it's someone that's not a qualified buyer or someone that's going to just end up being a pain in the butt. I've you, let those people go before. Bless and release. Bless exactly. and release. Not worth the follow-up. Right? Exactly. So it's like, that's another mindset too. It's like, who do I want in my world to work with me? Who are the people that I want to work with? And so a lot of times when we go into sales, it's like this desperation of like, I have to get all these people. And, you know, it's like, really think of it as like your hand picking the people that you want to work with. Yes. Oh my gosh. Because your energy, you have to protect your energy. I've gotten way more selective in who I'll enroll and recruit into my business than I used to be. A hundred percent. It used to be every crumb is a meal. And now it's like, I'm sniffing them out, whether they're worth my time or not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. People that have the good mindset, they're going to come in, they're going to generate, they're going to do well. They're going to build the business. The people that are spiralers, they're, they're not going to, they're just going to suck your energy. They're not going to generate. It's just going to be full of complaints. Yeah. (laughs) People are sometimes insatiable. So, so yeah, yeah, it's like, those are kind of a couple of different things, but yeah. And then there's some people that like, you know, that are higher level, the urgency isn't there. So it's really just continuing to show them value. It's all about just like showing up, giving value, figuring out where they are, meeting them where they are, and then having them just get over the finish line. So it could be, I've worked with people for nine months in a sales cycle where it's just like, 
I don't give up on that person. I give them a break. Sometimes I give them space. I continue to give value. I, I create a friendship with them at the end of the day. Like some wow. of them that I work with, I'm like commenting on their social media, you know, we become friends and it, so you have to have that balance of like, just be a human. That's a real person that actually cares versus yes. like, just like another number. So you have to really actually care about people to be good at sales. <laughs> like that's really the reality of it. I you love that. It's so true because you're, you're transforming people's lives through the transaction, right? The transformations in the transaction, yeah. but you know, the transformation that you can make for these people, if you can help them see the vision. Right. Because I know just having been I've only been in UE for like, what, four or five months now. And I've seen like your client load and people that you work with. It's incredible. The people that you work with and the six and seven figures that they're hitting monthly. (laughs) And they didn't think it was possible. You know, know. that's my favorite thing to see. It's like the transformation in people. And if you're if you're very confident about the results you deliver, you can sell because you show up with conviction and confidence. And it's not like you know, desperate, you know, it's that certainty and conviction that will really just create the sale. Yeah. Oh, I remember my initial call with you and I was like, I think I might need this, but I'm not really sure. I saw my friend live and her testimonial and you were like, well, tell me your background, like what's going on. And I told you a little bit about my course and you were like, oh yeah, you would, you definitely need this. Like, yeah, Yeah, you would would totally crush it. And I'm like, here's my credit card. You know, honestly, there's people that I would say, no, this is not the right time for you. Right. I'm still right. going to nurture you. Like, let's get you here. Let's get you watching the content. Like, here's some resources for you. Here's some trainings. Here's how I can help you right now. And, you know, maybe down the line, that person will become a client, but I'm not going to sell them something that I know is not the right fit for them. So right. Right. you have to really decide if it, it is a good fit for that person. Oh, so good. Well, so let's talk about this, like the highs and the lows, right? So like, when you have like a phenomenal launch and you crush your numbers, what do you do to celebrate? Me, myself, or yeah, you. Um, I definitely go get my nails done, go out to dinner with my husband. That's like my favorite thing to do. Just go out, enjoy a nice meal. I'm all about like food, wine, spa services. Yes. <laughs> So I, I actually book a full day at the spa after every launch that we do, which is yep. really, really nice. Okay. Yeah. So what do you do to recover for like mindset when you don't hit the sale you thought you were going to hit, when you don't hit the numbers you thought you were going to hit? What's, I mean, clearly you have the tenacity, you know, given your background and given your success, you know, your track record, what do you do? The client you thought was going to say yes, doesn't say yes. You get more no's than you anticipated. Like what, what helps you move through that over it and keep going? Yeah, I think there's always a lesson as to why something isn't working. So I will go back and I will just kind of analyze all the circumstances and I'll really say, okay, I can identify that this might be the pain point. Maybe, you know, whatever I was saying in that call wasn't really speaking to them or I did not ask enough questions. Like consistently like auditing myself and seeing where I can improve especially in delivering content and delivering value and just continuing to up level that. So I think it's, I never look at it as like a failure. I look at it as a lesson. I think that's what you always have to remember. It's like, what is the lesson that I can learn from this situation and how can I make it better for the next time? Yeah. So I'm never hard on myself about not making sales, to be honest with you, because I just know that I will take that data and I will improve it for the next time. And I think that's the mindset you have to go into it. One of my clients, I steal this quote from her all the time. She says, I'm either going to get the result that I want or the lesson that I need. And I'm like, that is golden. I love that. It's so true. Oh my gosh. I say that to myself when things aren't going the way that that as planned, it's like, okay, what's the lesson in this? What's the lesson? (laughs) Energetically, what am I doing wrong as far as how I'm showing up, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so another thing that I always teach about going on camera and just business in general is like, you have to work out physically, you know, you have to really like train Kelly, our mentor, she says, train for your business, like an athlete trains for their sport. And so like, am I doing enough exercise so I can get in a good space energetically when I go on camera and I feel good about it and I'm connecting? Am I giving myself the self-care that I need so I can show up in my business in the way that feels good for me. And people can read energy from you. Like energy doesn't lie. So if you're not, if you're burnout, if you're tired, if you're just hitting a wall, people feel that from you. And so you really have to be like, what am I doing to make sure that I'm staying in a good place energetically journaling, working out for me? That's like, you know, non-negotiable. And if I, if I feel that like weird feeling where I'm hitting a wall, I know it's because I'm not taking care of myself. And so 
I make sure that I have my morning set up where I'm doing all those things. And especially with launches and anytime you're going on camera, really time to warm up, prep, get in yeah. a good space and then time to really just move away from everything because you need that downtime because going on camera takes a lot of energy. For me, I'm, I'm an introverted person, actually, even though I do on camera stuff all the time in life, I'm a very introverted person. I don't if I'm at a party, I'll be in the corner not talking to anybody. <laughs> so you have to give yourself like that time to like, you know, regenerate, rejuvenate. We, we take mental health days as a company. You know, we have time blocked off in the calendar. That's a mental health day. We do whatever we want with that day, whether it's just like spending time with our family, going to the spa, going on a little mini vacation, whatever you need to do. Just you need to have that time of rest like blocked into your calendar. Yeah, it's so important. Oh, my gosh. I'm like on a high horse about that right now, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious then. So tell me about, well, we can kind of wrap up with this, but I'm I'm curious about your morning routine and what's your favorite workout? Yeah. So, okay. I have a couple of different things. So my current morning routine is I'm listening to May Cause Miracles by Gabby Bernstein, and there's a, an action you take every day. And so it's journaling about that. There's an exercise and a meditation every morning. It only takes like not even five minutes to do. So that's my current thing. I do that. I do the mindset stuff. I like to like do elliptical to music in the morning, cardio. And then one of my friends I went to college with, she founded this company called Dance Body. And so it's dance cardio and it's the most fun workout. And since I used to be a dancer, like I love that. It's fun for me because sometimes when I do workouts, it's like a little boring. So it has choreography and cardio and you can work out online. It's awesome. It's called dance body. You guys should check it out. That is really fun. So I love it. And I like to have like something really stimulating when I work out, if it's not just doing like simple cardio and I love yoga. Yoga is like my jam. If I could do yoga every day, I would. So me too. Oh my gosh. I love it. Oh my gosh. So good. So just, this was all so good, Kaylin. I really appreciate your time and just sharing your story. Sorry about, the, sorry about the drill underneath my floor. I don't know when it's going to happen again. There's all kinds of electrical work going on in our house right now. But you are just an incredible mentor. Where can people find you for folks who are listening that want to be further inspired or maybe even want to take a look or take a peek at the Unstoppable Entrepreneurs, the community I'm a part of that's helped me take my idea. Yeah, yes. I'm on Facebook. You can find me, Kaylin Wetzel. I can give you a whatever resources that you need. So you can just look for me on Facebook and find me there. We also have a live launch coming up on March 22nd. And so I can give you all the info you need to get set up for that if you want to take advantage and see what it's all about. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. You guys should check it out. I've actually thought about leveraging the live launch method in my social selling business, actually like taking that method and applying it. So we'll have to give it a whirl in the next couple of months. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the burnout to all out podcast for free resources, materials, or information on my coaching services. Go ahead over to live the free life.co that's live the free life dot co or check out our Facebook community at burnout to all out and make sure you follow burnout to all out on Spotify and subscribe to iTunes. And it would truly mean the world to me if you paused for just a second, gave me that five-star review of the show and be sure to share this episode with any burnouts you think would be inspired to go all out after hearing this episode.